Hi, this is Christine Gerke, and you are listening to the CVH Podcast. Aren't you lucky? Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words. Aren't you lucky? How sweet of my friend Christine. Christine Gerke, I'm going big now. Clearly, I'm going big. I uh, started asking, you know, I've asked a lot of friends. I still got some more, but I'm like, uh, you know, sort of putting it off like uh, maybe this is a pain in the ass for them or something. But what's so great about pandemic time is that everybody's just completely free to help. <laughs> uh, there you go, Christine Gerke. We actually went to the same college, not at the same time, uh, but very, be- very close uh, to each other. And, you know, by the time I got there, she was on her way. And um, she was a humongous inspiration to, uh, I mean, there just weren't that many singers at my college to begin with, uh, but she she had been, one of them had passed through before me, and we heard all the stories and all the great things, and that was very inspiring. Um, So, for the little college that we went to, I am definitely the second most famous singer. (laughs) Uh, Sweet Christine. Back from Chicago... That was something. That was a week. That was um, that was like eight. Uh, let's see, fourteen, <laughs> twenty-eight hours of driving, um, seven nights in Chicago, and I was at the Opera House less than two hours total. So not exactly uh, a normal gig. Certainly not feeling like a normal gig, but. I got a taste. I got a taste of what we do and what I did and what we used to do and and that was um that was that felt good. It felt good to be in the opera house. It felt good to uh make music with my friends. It felt good to uh create something. All of that was very very rewarding. Now, the process to get it done was <laughs> I mean, I don't want to say overkill because I'm sure somebody smarter than me decided you got to do the following uh, 25 things to ensure everybody's safety. And so I'm not criticizing in any way, shape, or form. But oh my God, the hoops we had to jump through to get done very small amount of work uh, was staggering. This is n- <laughs> this is no long-term solution. <laughs> I um, I had to get a test before I left here. Like you know, had to go get the the long, not the not the rapid test, but the long test, the you know the four inch Q tip in the nose, and I had to produce those results uh, before, uh, you know, as soon as I got to Chicago or right before I got to Chicago, I had to produce those results, and then I had to get to Chicago and immediately quarantine for three days. So I sat in the hotel room for three days, basically. just sort of watching time, <laughs> watching the end of the world take place on my television. <laughs> it was a good thing I really had nothing to do. It was just so I could just watch the TV and in one moment completely believe what I was seeing and at the same moment just <laughs> being absolutely dumbfounded and distracted. Um, this is not a political show. I don't, I, it's not I, it's not fun for me to talk about politics or get into politics. I don't like it. I don't like what it does to friends. I don't like what it does to family. Um, it's very, very divisive, and and people say things that um, that they just believe so deeply in their heart. But I, I'm I'm not somebody who can let um, 
ideology or religion get between me and people I love. And so it's much better <laughs> in polite society not to get into any of this shit. However, <laughs> what a fucking shit show. Uh, I had no... <laughs> I always believed that this uh, <laughs> clown could 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 have some um, clown-like followers who did clown-like things, and that's sort of exactly what happened. But I think I'm just more embarrassed for <laughs> the lack of planning on <laughs> on these people's parts. Um, you know, th- they seem to, like, get into the building and then immediately be like, fuck, we got in the building. What do we do now? Uh, let's take some selfies. <laughs> I mean, we've risked jail time. Let's make sure we document it really clearly. <laughs> Do they think that there would just be no arrests and that you would just be, you would just go home and, and, and Trump would <laughs> just grant you pardon? I mean, you know, these people definitely have to be made an example out of, right? You can't you can't just slap them on the wrist. This has to be like serious punishment, or else you'll see this happen again. I mean, you know, there's probably a five mile barrier around the Capitol building now that that nobody will ever be able to pass again. But holy shit, like <laughs> it was selfie time. I was just embarrassed. I was embarrassed for them. You know, most of the people that went to this thing didn't go in the building. You know, most of them may, maybe didn't really have a large clue of what was going on. Um, some of them did, but, uh, you know, for the most part, a lot of people just went up and... I have never been to a political rally. I don't know what it's like. I, I imagine in the cold out there in D.C., there was a bit of drinking going on. <laughs> and not a ton of bathrooms. <laughs> I thought the first thing a lot of the people would do is go use those nice capital bathrooms. Like there might just be a line of of uh, female protesters just wrapping around the building, everybody try, trying to use the nice warm bathroom. Oh, I have to laugh because it was such, it was just so fucking ridiculous to see these people painted and wearing like, you know, war outfits and and you know later on learning there's there's weapons involved and oh man, I just I actually I would have thought that if you breached the door somebody would just shoot you. You know, if if you're not supposed to go in there and then you go in there, you're just like, especially if it's a mob, I would think if you just shot the first one, everybody else would have gone running. Uh, it was really something. It was really, there's like a major breakdown of security. That was, that was so weird to look at. Oh. Like I said, I don't, I don't like to get political. I'm, I'm, uh. I don't I don't like to hear it. I don't like to hear myself talk about that stuff. I don't like to hear other people talk about it. Uh, you know, my my feelings are often a uh, man without a country uh, where I'm as socially liberal as a person can get and then um, fairly fiscally conservative. I, I don't like people spending my money for me. Uh, I have... I have lived in Germany and I have lived in America and I can tell you the healthcare system in Germany is far superior. However, my taxes in Germany were ridiculously high. Um, not double, but definitely up by a third compared to what they are here. And a third of my money uh, is way more than what my premiums cost here. So this system uh, for me is a hell of a lot cheaper than some socialist system. Uh, but I do understand the people's need for it. Um, it's hard to imagine that healthcare isn't a right. Uh, 
Anyway. It's all for people who are a lot smarter than I am. Uh, but that was something to watch. What a shit show. I can't help it. Uh, it. You know, just like driving to Chicago, I I often saw, I drove right across the middle of America. And so often you see like trailer parks. Trailer parks near the highway. Or you get off in some podunk town to, to, to fill up on some gas and you go, right. America has a lot of poor people. And you see that, and then you sort of understand how they gravitate towards somebody who's belly aching really loud. Uh, it sort of made it made better sense to me anyway after after being reminded that so much of America lives pretty poorly. Um, it's easy to forget that when you're in your nice big house. Uh, anyway, singing, opera, friends, Chicago. That's um, that's really what the whole thing was about, and. Uh, I, uh, the process for working was a joke. I mean, it was just out of control. Testing, there was like a four-page questionnaire that I had to fill out every day to even get in the building. Um, rapid COVID tests. I mean, it was endless. And then I actually sort of felt like there was, like I was being monitored as to how close I got to people. I did manage to, to hug a couple of people. <laughs> Masks on, heads turned, but I did manage to connect with a with colleagues and, and friends, and that felt really good. Uh, it was nice. It was nice to just feel connected to to that space, that that space at the Opera House that I've known for so long. And, you know, the halls are empty. It doesn't have the same vibe, but there is a sense of home there, and, and um, it felt good. And I was the only one allowed to take their mask off. <laughs> I don't. I was very special. I didn't. I don't think anybody else took their mask off except for me. <laughs> I didn't notice that. I mean, not even the maestro. Uh, it was really something. Uh, yeah, less than two hours. And honestly, if I had known what a big deal an operation this was, I probably would have been way more nervous. But I, I walked into my recording day, and there's uh, three giant HD cameras and all this incredible lighting, and they had set a stage. And all of a sudden, I really felt like I was in a, a movie studio. Or a television studio. The few times that I've done, like little local morning news shows, you know, out in Dallas or Arizona, where you're, where you're just with the local local beauty queen, you know, uh, plugging the show that you're doing. Uh, it, it, so I, I have been in that atmosphere before, but this was even more intense because the whole stage was dark except for the places where we were, you know, the places that were lit for our performance. And I was more worried about my stamina. I knew I sounded like me. Um, my voice was, was me, you know, I felt like I had all the notes. I felt like I had all the, all the, all the things that make me, me, but I didn't have the stamina, uh, and singing when we had to record for an hour and I was, I did have some concerns, but I, I survived it. I think I did the magic trick. I've been doing the magic trick for a long time. So I think I, I think I worked it out, but, um, it was, it was tough towards the end. I just felt just out of gas. It had been a while. It had been a while. But I'm I'm looking forward to it. I I think it's going to be a real thing. It certainly seemed that way. But I I never at any point saw any colleagues inside the building. We were all completely did everything separate. We recorded a, a quartet um, that's going to get spliced, I guess, and put to, we, we listen to a track so that it's all together. Um, I guess they're going to put us in boxes on the screen like the Brady Bunch. I really have no idea. Uh, but the aria felt great, and we even got to splice that a little bit. You know, like, hey, let's try the let's try the ending again. Let's try the middle again. That was good. 
So whatever you see will be a document, not a live performance. <laughs> I got a couple of shots at the high note, which I appreciated. <laughs> uh, it felt strange, but it also felt really good just to be inside. And while I was up there, since everybody's having like, you know, a ridiculous amount of COVID tests, I, I managed to get uh, three podcasts in, which I'm going to roll out uh, in the coming days. And I got to see my buddy, Zach Nelson. He sat down with me. We, we got into it. Hilarious, fantastic guy. And, um, and then a very old friend, uh, Corey Bix, rolled in. And uh, again, we just had a blast. We ordered up some ramen. We probably drank too much, all of those things. Uh, and you'll get to hear those. They, they turned out really well. And just the sitting down with pals was really just um, exactly what I wanted to be doing. I don't want to be doing this where I'm just yakking straight at you. But to sit with friends and, and just um, just chat was a, I don't know, the time flew by. I mean, you can see the last episode with, uh, with Quinn was nearly four hours. And honestly, we could have gone longer. Uh, not that anybody needs, <laughs> nobody needs more of that. But um, we definitely could have done that. Uh, it was good. I'm going to roll those out this week and everybody have a listen. It's, um, I, I definitely, after the gig, I feel, uh, I feel re-inspired a little bit. Uh, you know, we just had been out of this game for so long. It was, it was, you know, just motivation started to drift away. Um, but I'm, I'm definitely feeling re-inspired and re Remotivated to getting my work done, even though I continue to see more things canceled all the time and hearing from more friends about more stuff getting canceled. I have a feeling we just went back too quick and that the reality is um, this is a big shit show until we can get back in the theater. Um, I do appreciate uh, the content. I do appreciate everybody doing something to stay present. Uh, I certainly have my my podcast here to make me feel connected to something, using my voice, talking to an audience, um, that 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 helps. So I understand our need to, to have, um, these little projects. They're important, but, um, this is not what we do. This is no long-term solution. We'll, the second we can drop this stuff, we, <laughs> we better, <laughs> but, um, you know, it just feels like we're in the final push now. Uh, you know, th there's a vaccine. I don't know if anybody's getting it, but it certainly exists. And I thought once it exists, we're, we're at least in the, we're, we're getting closer we just got to be stabbing people in the arms. My father was telling me when he uh, joined the Air Force and they had to go do their physical one day, uh, he said, you're all lined up. You know, hundreds of guys are lined up wearing just their shorts and they're walking uh, in a line and they don't even break stride. You just all of a sudden have two guys on either side of you and they both <laughs> jam giant needles into your arms and vaccinate you for <laughs> the bubonic plague. You know, like, uh, just just give you everything because you might have to travel overseas and they just give you everything. And he said it was like a factory. Just walk through and just getting jabbed in the arm. I thought we need a little bit of that. Like, let's just line up the old folks and just start sticking them. <laughs> if anybody's nervous and doesn't want to get it, good, don't get it. <laughs> Make room for the next one. Just put your hand up and say, I'm not going to take it. So then we can just progress forward and give it to the people who want it. Because only an insane person wouldn't want it. Uh, We've got to get back to it. Doesn't everybody want to go back to the bar? I want to go back to the bar. I got up to Chicago and I couldn't go anywhere. Everything was closed. But <laughs> they did have this... Um, it was actually comical. I hadn't seen this yet. Uh, 
because um, I went to New York in September, and so I saw a lot of outdoor seating, which was totally acceptable. And September is perfect. You didn't need heaters. You didn't need an awning. You could just sit at your table outside and eat. And, and um, in Chicago, <laughs> like if your tables are physically outside of the building, but then there's an awning and plastic covering on all sides of you, and then heaters and... <laughs> And the air is circulating, and I mean, you're effectively indoors. It's not, it's not, just because your tent is in the parking lot doesn't mean you're outdoors. You're still in your fucking tent. <laughs> uh, and so it was, yeah, I guess technically it's outdoor seating, but it's 100% indoors. I mean, If you could take your jacket off and sit down in Chicago in the middle of January, you're not really outdoors. <laughs> but whatever, uh, it was it was awful walking around Chicago. It, I stayed in uh, River North, or, or um, I was up by Rust Street actually. What is that called, Streeterville? God, I don't know. I don't know the neighborhood. Um, you know, up up uh, Rust Street, uh, Michigan Avenue area, and it was dead. I mean, just dead. There's weird barricades on certain streets. There's there's um, parking, you know, no problem parking anywhere you want. Street parking everywhere. Garages were all empty. Uh, you know, there was just hardly a person down there. There was no congestion whatsoever that I experienced, and I was there waiting for something to happen for a week. <laughs> but I never um, the places that I, I I only went into a, I went into a liquor store and I went into a, a Walgreens or a CVS rather. That was it. That was the only businesses that I went to. I uh, uh, had some food delivered, uh, Amazon Fresh Delivery. Uh, no, that's not true. I did step into a Trader Joe's, um, but otherwise, I didn't. I just didn't go into anywhere, and 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 you really couldn't. Um, it was amazing how many restaurants are just gone. They're just gone. I, I was seeing, you know, uh, retail space available signs everywhere. Retail space available, you know, available immediately, available immediately, and you could just see the remnants of a of a broken down restaurant inside. Uh, it felt really strange. It's um, uh, it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare for people who have just establishing a restaurant in a major city is already a, a task set up for failure. And then if you're lucky enough to be around for a while and turn a profit and make some money. And then this thing just gets shut down. I mean, <laughs> you can't make your rent. What are you going to do? How long before it's just a, it's time to close it up? I felt that way more in Chicago than I felt that in New York. I felt it way more in Chicago, obviously, than I feel here in Richmond, where pandemic is really just still not a very serious thing. Even though our numbers have crept up a little bit. Um, uh, and my boy is actually home from school for the next two weeks because there was a little bit of an outbreak with a couple of teachers. Uh, so just out of an abundance of caution, they've shut it down for two weeks. But everything else is open. All the stores are open. You can go in everywhere. I went into Five Guys yesterday, and you know, like it seemed like even the curbside stuff was sort of not really happening the way it used to. So even here, it's just it's just not a thing. Yeah, it's a thing, but not once you've been to a major city and and you realize like, wow, okay, in Chicago. <laughs> No kidding, these people are taking this dead serious. I mean, this is a this is a huge, huge thing. Some strange times we're living in, but I also couldn't help it, and I knew it would come. I knew this would happen. That as soon as I got into that hotel room 
and you unpack the bags and you sit down for a second and you go, hey, I've got some free time. And then 20 minutes later, you're like, wait, I was kind of used to being home. I was kind of used to all of that. Uh, I knew that was going to be a thing. I knew that leaving was going to be hard. You know, harder than leaving the stage. Uh, it, it was it was um, leaving the house again. That was funny. I didn't expect it right away. I expected it a few days in, but I, it hit me right away. You know, for two seconds, it's like risky business, and you're <laughs> and you're sliding across the floor in your shorts, and you're thinking, "Yeah, I got some free time." And then it settles in pretty quick. You're like, "Wait, I like my routine." <laughs> it's never. We're never going to be happy. <laughs> Oh, I guess that was bound to happen. Oh, boy. It was good to be there. It was good to hug my friends. It was good to um, just feel this uh, sense of being a singer. I walked in. I had my tuxedo in my bag. I I went to my dressing room, a very familiar face, um, took care of my costume, took care of my jacket, you know, like steamed it. Uh, Wendy, one of the sweet dressers up there, has been so helpful for so many years. She was happy to see me. And then we're just familiar faces. Even though everybody's covered up, there's still just a familiarity there where it feels like home and it feels like you're doing a portion of what you do. Some some clunky piano, warming up on some clunky piano and somebody giving you a warning that we're about to start and, and falling in the room. And then everybody in the room was wildly supportive. I mean, this process of making what is effectively going to be some kind of HD um, movie. I mean, not not movie in the dramatic sense, but um, the quality of it certainly going to be cinematic. Uh, there was a camera on a big boom, you know, like a big, uh, big long, you know, floating camera that's getting you know flown around my head while we're singing, and uh, you know, getting notes from directors about eyes. Uh, you know, there's a maestro in the room, and I'm and I'm and I'm intent on staying with him, um, mostly because I'm <laughs> such a hard time hearing to begin with, and then it's just pianos, which makes it worse. Um, and so my intent is to keep an eye on the maestro, but I was I ended up having to learn that eyes darting between a camera and the maestro over to the left is very distracting for the person watching, and so. Uh, you know, we've sort of worked it out where the maestro was literally right behind the camera I was supposed to look at, which was uh, strange, you know, strange, and, and but but uh, effective, I hope. Yeah, the whole thing was, it felt, um, I was so supported and felt very, very um, in my, in my world, but very uncomfortable in the, in the distractions that existed, um. Yeah, it's not that I haven't had a camera on me before, but um, it's usually just a camera filming a live performance, and you just do your performance, and they happen to capture it. Uh, this was this was very specifically um, uh, playing the cameras, and that's that's a whole new beast. I'm not sure that's what I'm what I do. Uh, you know, maybe some people are really good at it, but <laughs> I think <laughs> I think my face and technique are good at about fifty feet. <laughs> That tenth row of the audience is right where I start to shine. <laughs> I don't like people being able to see me sweat or, um, you know, see me glued to the maestro because uh, I'm I'm feeling uh, insecure about what I'm hearing. I've always I've always dealt with bad ears, not bad ears, but um, just you know, once you start to sing, 
it's really all you can do is to hear yourself. Um, there's so much noise going on in your head that it's difficult to get the nuance of the orchestra or the piano or whatever's playing with you. And so that maestro is imperative. Um, you need to know his pattern. You need to know where the beat lands. You need to know uh, how far ahead or with the maestro, the person that playing is, the piano or the orchestra. And so, uh, you know, each each conductor is different. And you need to figure out exactly so that you're landing in the same spot. You know, you need to you need to be able to land in the same spot, especially for somebody like me who struggles with their hearing. And, and I'm not special. Plenty of opera singers have terrible ears. I mean, we've been... We've been screaming at each other's faces for <laughs> 15 years now. And so, um, you know, it's no surprise that some high partials are missing. <laughs> Just a coffee. It's early. It's early over here. But back home, feeling re-inspired. I reached out to a famous friend. So all my intros are just by super famous people now. And uh, we're here. CBH podcast continues. I'm going to roll out the other shows with my pals this week and next week. And um, uh, I don't know. I've got talks with uh, with a pal of mine who's not too far thinking about coming up and staying for a little bit and doing a couple shows with me. I'm not going to say his name because I don't want to get you all excited. But um, definitely working out this idea that somebody's going to join me in here for a bit. One of the more hilarious people in this world. So there's a little teaser. I know you're all interested in that. At Van Horn CVH. And all the other things. Who cares? Nobody cares. I don't care. Uh, yep. You know, almost got to see a revolution. <laughs> but instead we saw some clowns taking selfies. <laughs> Celebrity culture has ruined America. <laughs> this is the best we can come up with. Break down the door. Take some selfies. <laughs> Bunch of clowns. Oh, my God. Uh, That'll do. I love you for listening. Thanks for checking in, and um, more soon. Take care, everybody. Bye.